Welcome to another message from Raymer Australia, recorded at our 2015 Impact Conference with the ministry of Mark and Trina Hankins. You can follow the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Tell two or three people that you look better already. Then you can be seated. Praise the Lord. God is good. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you to all the praise and worship leaders. Let's give them a big hand. Y'all do a wonderful job. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And... Um, Glad to be back here again in Australia. Glad to be with Pastor Tony and Patsy. And they're some of the best pastors in the history of the universe. Amen. Well, at least in this area. So, some of the best pastors. <laughs> We're blessed to be with them. And uh, uh, we expect great meetings. So, you don't want to miss in the morning. If you can be here in the morning, you're going to have wonderful time in the Word of God in the morning. And uh, again... Monday and Tuesday night. Let me tell you about some books and stuff we got back there. This book here is called The Spirit of Faith. We actually just got this book translated into Vietnamese and just preached in Vietnam and distributing uh, these books to a thousand pastors in Vietnamese and most of them pastor five or six churches. So it, it looks funnier in Vietnamese. But it's the same spirit of faith. And so wonderful things happening. We just came from Vietnam to here. Great things are happening in many countries. If you can, get this book called The Spirit of Faith. Uh, the principles of faith are taught. Spirit of faith is caught. You catch it. It is contagious. And so you want to get this book. And uh, while we're here, you can actually get all of the products for half price while we're here. So if you already uh, paid full price for something, Consider that a generous donation. But, <laughs> no, I'll give you something free afterwards. Um, and I'm going to give this book, somebody wants this book, raise your hand. That lady on the front row. There you go. God bless you. Amen. And uh, the books are back there, but also the CDs. So if you'd rather listen to it, then you can get some of the CDs. Or you can download Mark Hankins Ministries app and listen to the stuff anytime you want on your smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, then take your dumb phone and send it to college. <laughs> All right. This is called, this book's called The Bloodline of a Champion. Every chapter's on faith in the blood. And this is also just translated into Vietnamese and ready to be published and distributed. So great things are happening. Thank God for the blood. Amen. The power of the blood. So if you don't have this book, somebody wants this one, raise your hand. I'll give you a free one. How about the lady on the back row all the way back there? All right. God bless you. There you go. God bless you. Amen. Then this book's called Revolutionary Revelation. Uh, we're talking about a revelation that'll change a nation. A revelation is simply holy information. Seeing what God sees. And this is about the Ephesians 1 prayer. And one of my favorite studies is what happened in that Ephesians 1 prayer and a prayer for every believer. So I'm going to give this a free one. And I saw this lady raise her hand. The lady right there, did you raise your hand? Who raised your hand? You raise your hand? All right, come on up here. You want to come and get her? You want me to throw it? I'm not going to throw it that far. Amen. Um, God bless you. 
And that's on the Ephesians 1 prayer. God bless you. And then this book here is called The Secret Power of Joy. And actually 14 chapters on why you need to get happy as soon as possible. Let's try that again. All right, how about the lady in blue on the back row back there? I saw your hand first. Why you need to get happy as soon as possible. All right, my daddy always said you can get glad in the same britches you got mad in. <laughs> you don't have to change your pants to get happy. All right, this is called God's healing word. So rather than asking the Lord to heal you, then learn how to take the word like medicine, all right? And I saw that brother in the black shirt. Did you raise your hand? All right, let me give you this book. And in the back, there's a CD of me reading the healing scriptures in a hundred different translations. So this is Trenton's book called God's Healing Word. God bless you. How to take the word like medicine. Praise the Lord. And uh, my darling wife, who is Patsy's older sister, is going to, to get in her wheelchair. We're going to roll her up here in just a moment because you know if she's older than Patsy. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to roll. We're going to, come on, hobble up here, baby. So look at her. And she, she looks good for 70, don't she? All right. Actually, actually this week, we're celebrating our 39th wedding anniversary, 39 years, all right, 39 years, wow. Um, what's that song Shania Twain sang? Y'all know Shania Twain? Y'all like her? I like some of her songs, you know, that song she sang. All right, you know the tune. So anyway, something about being married for a long time. So uh, I'll play it for you tomorrow night, maybe, or in the morning, or something like that. It's like that song. Can I have this dance for the rest of my life? Will you be my partner every night? When we're together, if you my God! <laughs> All right, just kidding. But anyway, we've been married a long time. And, uh, and, um, and Trina is like eight grandchildren ahead of Patsy. Eight grandchildren. I mean, Patsy's going to have to live to be like 90 to catch up with all these grandkids that we have. Well, she and, didn't get married till 10 years after I did, probably, right? To me, Something I mean, like no, it's but Tony already yeah. looks like a grandpa, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he acts. <laughs> he kind of acts like a grandpa, you know. He kind of, you know, he kind of limps through the house going, <laughs> anybody seen my vapor rub? <laughs> I don't know what you call that stuff. Uh, but the whole house kind of smells a little like that stuff, you know, you smell at a nursing home or something. But, you know, um, I believe Tony's getting stronger all the time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right. Oh, Trina's going to sing. I'm going to sit down. Serious. God bless <laughs> Straighten up. Get serious. We're a church. <laughs> Such a joy to be here. <laughs> oh, we got a cane coming to Tony. <laughs> 
He'd be dangerous with a cane. What would he do with it? He'd be hitting people with it. It's so good to be here, and we bring you greetings from around the world, and um, many people are speaking of your faith and excited about what's going on here in Australia. And um, they're going to be more excited because I'm going to take all your music back home with me. <laughs> you guys have some good music written right here, right? Praise God. It's awesome. Amen. It's one thing to hear the word preached, and then it's, it just takes it up another level when you hear that sermon sung. Praise God. So it all works together. Amen. Don't you love Jesus? Oh, I could hear a bigger amen than that. Do you love Jesus? Why? I mean, there's a long list of, why, of reasons why. How many have been saved in the last maybe 10 years? Five years? A little bit more? Okay, so we're talking to a lot of more seasoned people here. No, not you. Man, this guy can make the best muffins. We almost got into sin eating all those muffins, one after the other. So good. Thank you very much. And, um, but aren't you so thankful that Jesus, he just decided to be obedient to God. And he came all the way from heaven. And while you were singing that song, How Great Is Our God, my heart will sing. Let's say that, my heart will sing. Isn't that cool that your heart can sing? The devil wants to steal that song, make you quiet, and break your heart. But God gives us a song. Jesus gives us a song to sing. Our hearts were singing together. How great is our God. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands one more time and just say, God, you're great. Come on, open up your mouth and let's just praise him. Hallelujah. How great he is. Come on, give him a big, great praise because he's done great things. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Hallelujah. Thank you for delivering us from the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for translating us into your kingdom of light. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, that you loved us when we were unlovable. Thank you for giving us the gift of eternal life and for giving us the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God. How many remember when you first heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yeah? You remember that? And... Uh, did your life go up another level when you received that message? Wow. I was thinking about that um, today because Mark, you know, it's Pentecost Sunday. Mark was talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. 
and um, he keeps us standing when um, we can't stand by ourselves. Hallelujah. He picks us up, makes us stand tall, strong. He takes the things of Christ and reveals them to us. Amen? And I was remembering because Patsy and I were raised in an Assembly of God uh, home, and so that meant our dad, you know, our dad's a pastor, and we went to church all the time, and we were around the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we wanted that. And we didn't have children's church at night usually, so we were in church and experiencing everything, and I loved it. We got hungry, and I remember getting filled with the Holy Spirit. It was this way. Uh, I was, um, I don't, must have been Sunday night, and I was a little girl. Probably, I was nine years old. I remember it was nine, I was nine years old, and I think it was in April. And there's some things you don't forget. And so I remember I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so I came up to the altar they had up at the front, and I kneeled down, and I was facing the back. I remember that. And they said to ask. And so I asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Well, I had seen other people get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they always cried. And so... I thought, okay, I got to work up some tears. <laughs> so I started thinking, you know, really sad things like our dog running away or a grandpa dying and just really try to get some tears flowing. And, you know, here's a nine-year-old little girl thinking of something sad so she could cry and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, it didn't work. And I got tired of getting, uh, being down on my knees and I wanted, I opened my eyes and I saw my friends. They were back at the back and they were praying. It was like, a, like that nursery area right back there, you know, and I could see them playing. And I wanted to get up and go play with them. Well, the moment I got my mind off of trying so hard to get filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? God didn't forget that I asked. And guess what? He always gives. Jesus said the Father will give good things to those that ask him. He'll give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him. Amen? Well, something just happened. Out of here came this little bubble. You know, and how many have experienced that little bubble coming out of your belly? And right, and it came, and I started speaking with tongues, and I didn't cry. It wasn't emotional. I thought, is this it? But I knew that was it. And I just kept on speaking in those, those words that I had. Didn't understand them, but I never stopped. From nine years old to, guess how old I am now? Well, I'll be 59. So that was 50 years ago. Wow, that's a bunch. But anyway still going. <laughs> I never regret that. I experience more. Don't you? It's a trip and an adventure with the Holy Ghost. He is wonderful. And I remember when Patsy got filled with the Holy Spirit. She was how old were you, Patsy? Do you remember? 
Huh? It, Eleven? Seven? Oh, she was more spiritual than me. <laughs> but must have been around like the same time. I probably helped you right. I don't know. Anyway, I remember she was sitting at church again at the end of service. We always come up. If anybody want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Patsy, I remember she, she was sitting on the piano bench. I don't know why, but she was sitting on the piano bench. And back in those days, <laughs> they would hold your hands up. Those were your antennas. And if you had your hands up really high, then you could get more power. And if they got tired, then other people would help them and hold them up for you. So, <laughs> remember that? But I remember when Patsy got filled with the Holy Spirit, she had people on both sides of her. I think Stella Hoyt was back there, different ladies in the church helping her. And she started speaking with tongues. It was like you, she just got plugged in. That's what it was like. It's like she just got plugged in. You know how you, turn, you plug something in that's on? It's already going. That's like it was. She got plugged in, and she was going. And she started speaking with tongues. And I remember she was sitting on that bench, and she was reaching as high as she could reach. She was, oh, she was so cute. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Say it's real. It is real. Praise God. And for a child, for an old person, it doesn't matter how old we are, the Holy Spirit is so relevant, isn't he? So I'm gonna, we're just going to talk a little bit more about the Holy Ghost tonight. Is that okay? We should celebrate him. This is the birthday of him coming in and filling the church. Hallelujah. And so Mark was preaching about that this morning and about the Holy Spirit coming, you know, the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, they were all in one place in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared on each one of them a fire. And he talked about, Jesus said in Luke 12, he said, I have come to send fire on the earth. And he said, I just can't wait till I get it done. Right? He said, but I gotta have I gotta be I got a baptism to go through, the death, burial, and resurrection. Well, Jesus, hallelujah, after the death, burial, and resurrection, he was raised and seated at the right hand of God, and he was ready to pour out that fire. And so when the time came, I believe we got some times here in Australia tonight, this week. There's some special times. Amen. And when the time came, whoo, heaven came down, and that fire, it lit every single one of them. And I believe, and I know, the Holy Ghost keeps saying, there's fire in you. There's fire in you. It's on you. It's in you. Praise God. I believe that is getting stirred up these days. Amen? Are you hungry for that? Glory to God. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to what? As the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance, praise God. That's a supernatural thing. Woo! And what happened was what was a fulfillment of what Jesus said. In John 7, 37, 
Hey, is there anybody who's thirsty? Come to me and drink. And out of his belly, if you believe in me, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, who was not yet given, because Jesus wasn't glorified. Praise God. Is anybody thirsty in this room? Hallelujah. What do we do? We believe, we come to him, and we begin to drink from him. Who is he? Jesus is Lord. He's a representative of the Father. Hallelujah. God is a spirit. You drink with your spirit. Praise God. And we're going to drink some spiritual water tonight. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha 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 Come on, if you knew what I knew, where I've been, and what the Lord brought me through, if you knew, come on now, if you knew what God had prepared for you, we couldn't keep you quiet. You'd lift your voice. You'd rejoice. Woo, Lord. Come on, I said, Lord, I knew you were good. I just didn't know you were that good. I knew you were good, but woo, it's like a dream coming to pass. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Woo! Woo! Glory, 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 glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says through tongues and interpretation of tongues, the utterance gifts of the Holy Ghost, it says that the Holy Spirit speaks, but the Holy Spirit does not speak of his own authority. Anytime he's speaking, it's really Jesus speaking, and the Holy Spirit is just translating it to us. So you could actually mix faith with a word from the Holy Spirit just like you mix faith with the Word of God. You could say, whoo, I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to me right now. I'm entering a new season of my life of the blessing of the Lord and the increase of God. Woo, it's like a dream coming true, and I'm going to rejoice like it's happening right now. Come on, so lift your hands and lift your voice and rejoice like it's happening Right now, ha, 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 ha. Woo, we give the glory to Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Praise God, praise God. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Woo. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 Praise God. Ha, ha, ha. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ha ha. Now you can be seated if you want to, I suppose. Ha ha. <laughs> glory to God. 
We want to just look at a few scriptures, and I'll give you these scriptures here. I can remember a pastor, a very famous pastor, 30, 40 years ago, had a great move of God in his church with mighty demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. And one day he was coming to his church, and the church had grown, and the church had changed so much that it disturbed a few people. So one of the deacons was a little upset about the changes in the church, and so he met the pastor before he came into church. And he said, Pastor, I want to know how far you're going to let this go. <laughs> he said, and the pastor had his uh, Bible in his hand, and he said, I want you to know I'm not going to let this go any further than this book right here. <laughs> that seemed to comfort the guy, and the pastor said, he just don't know what's in this book right here. <laughs> Amen. In other words, in the move of the Holy Spirit, amen, makes some people nervous. But if you want the move of the Holy Spirit, Dad Hagen said it this way. He said, you must be prepared for certain extravagances if you want the move of the Holy Spirit. When I grew up, they called the move of the Holy Spirit, if things got a little too far out of order, they called it wildfire. They said, whoo, some wildfire. Well, all the preachers always said you don't have to be afraid of wildfire because there's always enough wet blankets to put it out. <laughs> In the move of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> actually Dad Hagen, quoting from 1 Corinthians 2, call it the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. In the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, he said we'll not be frozen out by formality and will not be scared out by fanaticism. In other words, you've got to find somewhere in the middle where you're not afraid of some extreme fanaticism, and yet you're not afraid you'll not sit back in formality. Sometimes people say, well, I want everything really decent and in order. Well, we want it decent and order, but we also do not want it decent and order like a cemetery. <laughs> In the move of the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit, just in those scriptures in John 7 that Trina just sang about, you know those scriptures, you can look them up if you want, I'll quote them for you. Jesus, it says, stood up on the last day of the feast, and they were going through their formality, or you could say their ritual, or you could say their tradition of taking water and pouring it out in the temple. So when Jesus walked in, in the middle of their formality, Jesus just simply started hollering. I'm sure they probably thought he was out of order. It's sad when Jesus is out of order at church. Anyway, Jesus stood up and started hollering, and he said, If anybody is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Amen? If anybody's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. How many glad you don't have to go through a secretary? Jesus didn't say, make an appointment, call the office. You might be on call holding. We'll see if we got time to fit you in in the next month or two. No, Jesus said you can have immediate access. You don't have to go through somebody in the office somewhere. He said you come directly to me and drink. Amen. 
When he said, if you're thirsty, I asked the Lord, why did you say if anybody's thirsty? And the Lord said, really because I have nothing to say to people who are not thirsty. He said, I'm really not even talking to everybody there. I'm only talking to the thirsty people. Why? Because if you're not thirsty, even Jesus can't help you. But at some point when you say, I'm so thirsty, it seems like God has something more for me that I have not yet received. Seems like he's got something planned for me. Seems like there's areas of my life he can change that have not been changed yet. Jesus said, you come to me and drink. Hmm. When he said, come and drink, then the Lord just said it to me real simple. He said, I did not say, come and think. He said, the church already has enough thinkers. He said, I'm really looking for drinkers. He said, the problem with a thinker is they turn into a stinker. But the problem with a thinker, nothing wrong with thinking in church. I'm not saying there is. But Jesus said, if you want to experience him, you'll have to go beyond the intellectual and you'll have to drink. Actually, if you would drink better, you would think better. In other words, Jesus said, you'll have to have a drinking relationship with God. Not just a thinking relationship. That when you come to him, he said, and drink. Now, I know something about drinking. And one thing I know about drinking is you just can't drink with your mouth shut. <laughs> I know that's real deep. But <laughs> if you're going to drink, you just can't drink with your mouth shut. And so a lot of times people come to the Lord and they go, if you'll study the scriptures, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is always associated in the Psalms and the scriptures. It says, God said, open your mouth wide for the latter rain. The latter rain's a type of the Holy Spirit. Actually, he said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. In other words, as you open your mouth to drink from the presence of the Lord, he said, then as you're opening your mouth, drinking from the presence of the Lord, maybe praising, maybe glorifying God, but as you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, he said, something supernatural is going to happen. And he said, rivers. Rivers. Now, rivers means really more than one river. Rivers simply means something greater than you can control. Rivers mean an overflow. Rivers mean that it's more than you can just handle on your own. It's going to overflow. An overflow of the life of God. He said rivers of living water simply meaning that there's something in the water. He said, when you drink this water. Isn't that what Jesus told that woman at the well? John chapter 4. Come on. Jesus said, uh, if you knew about this water, he said, if you would come to me, he said, I'll give you some water that if you would drink this water, you will never thirst again. <laughs> he said, if you drink this water, What's he talking about? He's talking about from him, from his presence. In other words, this woman had five husbands. Come on, her life's in a mess. And that's a good, a good sign for those women that think if they just had a husband, they would be happy. In other words, she had five husbands, right? And she's living one, not her husband. So she still ain't happy. 
I don't know if that song written by the Rolling Stones is, I can't get no, 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 no satisfaction. I can't get no, no satisfaction. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I can't get no, no, no. I mean, they're still singing that with leotards and stuff. They check them out of the nursing home and run around on the stage, 70 years old. I can't get no. In other words, you can smoke this, you can drink that, you can use these drugs, you can try to be a success, you can try to have a enough money. You can try to be married to the right person, but you still ain't going to get no, 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 no satisfaction. And I tried and I tried. And one day you'll be 75 in leotards running around wondering why you can't get no, no, no satisfaction in your RV, in your trailer, motorhome. I can't get no, no satisfaction. But Jesus said, the moment you drink this water, there's something in the water that when you drink this water you say I'm satisfied in other words God has 600 million satisfied customers amen so Jesus said when you drink this water this is not normal water he said it's living water well you have to find out where that water comes from that water actually comes from the presence of God Actually, that water is liquid God. That means whatever's in God is in the water. So God's been constantly looking for drinkers. I mean, Jesus said, oh, could we find some drinkers? We need some drinkers. Anybody don't come and drink? Then if you go to the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation, come on, it says, in the spirit and the bride say, come. Whoever's thirsty, let him come. Please, we need more drinkers. We have plenty of water. We have a shortage of drinkers. <laughs> when you drink this water, <laughs> you say, what kind of stuff happens when you drink? Well, obviously, come on. If you got pulled over by a policeman, you know, and he's, he's kind of, a, you know, checking you out, and, and uh, we, he's done like a, a breathalyzer test and determined that your blood level's at a certain level, so you are now under the influence. You are declared intoxicated. You'll never convince that policeman that you were actually just sitting in the bar thinking. You can say, uh, Ossifer, uh, I was in there all right, but I was only thinking in there. No, you can't get intoxicated by thinking. You had to do some drinking, right? The policeman will say, uh, well, did you know that you're on a one-way street? Well, Ossifer, I was only going one way. Policeman says, well, <laughs> didn't you see the error? He said, I didn't even see the Indian. So, I mean, this guy's intoxicated, right? <laughs> and so the original drinkers, <laughs> the original drinkers would have to be those on the day of Pentecost. I don't know if they got a T-shirt or not, but there was 120 <laughs> original drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They might have been the original drinkers. Well, what happens is that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they literally drank from the presence of God 
until they were filled. They were satisfied. They were changed. Did you know there's even healing in the water? There's revelation in the water. There's direction in the water. Whatever you need is in that water because it comes right out of God. I've seen people in meetings like this be filled with the Holy Spirit or just drink from the presence of God and be healed of several incurable diseases and tell me a year later I was healed while I was laughing and filled with the Holy Spirit. Went back to the doctor and an incurable condition perfectly healed. You say, how did they get that? They're just drinking. (laughs) They're just drinking. They drank their way into healing. And actually, as you're drinking from the presence of the Lord, if in his presence is fullness of joy, you're going to have a hard time doing that with a sad look on your face. Like, you know, after church you go out. People say, where you been? I've been to church. What have you been doing? Well, I've been with the Lord. I always tell people, I don't know where you've been, but you ain't been with the Lord. Because when you get in his presence, when you come out, your countenance is like, everything's going to be all right. I got full of the joy of the Lord. Come on. And no matter what has happened in my life, my voice has changed with a sound of joy. Ha, 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 ha. Just practice for a minute. You know, in MD Anderson Hospital in South Texas, in Houston, Texas, and that's where we're from, and we have people that have gone to the hospital, one of the best cancer treatment hospitals, really, in all of the United States, and specialize in treating people with cancer. Did you know that they actually have a laughing class for their patients in the hospital? It's not Christian. They don't read the Bible. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit. They just call it a laughing class, right? So before someone goes into surgery or takes their treatments, they try to get them to attend the laughing class. So they actually have a laughter leader. Some of you, I'm going to sign you up. But they actually have a laughter leader, come on, that leads people in laughter. Because they have discovered that when people are full of joy and when they laugh, that actually in their bloodstream, the healing of your body while you're laughing in your bloodstream, the endorphins are released and go to the area that you most need it in your immune system. Some people's endorphins haven't been out in years. You can tell by looking at them. Because the endorphins only come out when you're laughing. (laughs) Some people, if their endorphins came out, they'd be like dressed in bell-bottom blue jeans and platform (laughs) shoes and look like John Travolta, you know. But you can see that your endorphins, (laughs) your endorphins, I don't know if you've ever seen an endorphin, but they say your endorphins. I saw a guy that looked like one one time, but your endorphins, when they come out, (laughs) I think there was an endorphin. But your endorphins, when they come out, that even medical science, (laughs) 
<laughs> Even medical science. Come on now. These are not Christians. They're not Pentecostal. They just lead people in laughing because it makes them healthier. Ah, well, the book of Proverbs says a merry heart does good like a medicine. You know, people are very serious about their medicine. I mean, they're so serious, they'll actually buy a little container that has the day of the week that they're supposed to take it. And if they go on vacation, they make sure they bring extra stuff. So, and if the vacation's over, they're going, they call the doctor, I got to have some more, I'm out by Thursday. In other words, you got S, M, each day, come on. And they're so serious, they'll actually get up in the middle of the night, early in the morning, they'll set an alarm, you know, time to take my medicine. He says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, right? So if you were to rejoice and get happy, people say, what are you doing? You say, uh, I'm on medication. So if you were to laugh and rejoice, they say, you act funny. You say, you ought to see me when I'm not on my medication. In other words, when you, when you laugh and rejoice in the presence of the Lord, listen now, in the reality of your redemption, because of the blood of Jesus, that you know your name is written down in heaven. You know that God is on your side, and if God is for you, who could be against you? If he gave you Jesus, he freely gives you everything. And so you look at the situation and just go, ha. Ah. If you're not sitting by a drinker, you might consider changing seats. You say, I sat by a dud here. I just got a thinker by me. Mr. or Miss Intellect is trying to figure out God. Listen, if you could figure out God, we'd all be disappointed because we know how smart you are, which means eternity is going to be kind of boring. But I can just tell you this, you can't figure out God. God's ways are past finding out. That means God has ways and plans you don't even have a clue about right now. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, more than you can imagine, more than you can think right now. How's he going to do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I guess probably. We've been married 39 years, so I don't know if it's 20 or 30 years ago. I went and bought Trina a real nice baby grand piano. Oh, man, she loves to play the piano. She sings. It's just wonderful. Well, well, the beautiful piano I bought her, it took me years to make payments. <laughs> God provided. Anyway, <laughs> while I was driving my Corvette. But anyway, so... <laughs> Men are such hypocrites. But anyway, so I bought Matrena a baby grand piano. <laughs> oh, we had to stretch the budget. But anyway, so we bu I bought her this baby grand piano, right? Oh, it's beautiful. P 
piano, some beautiful sound. Well, one day I came home from the office when I drove up to the house. Well, when I walked in the house, I heard this baby grand piano and the, the most unusual classical music. I mean, it was like going all over. Trina usually plays Christian music or gospel music, but this, this thing was amazing. And I, I thought, wow, were Trina taking lessons or what? Anyway, so this piano's going everywhere, and it's beautiful music. And when I walked in the house, I saw this man sitting at the piano playing the piano. Well, I didn't see his car in the front when I drove up, and there's this man I never met before playing the piano. So something just came over me. I don't know. Maybe I live in a threat environment. But maybe I'm a middle child. Maybe that's why. But something came over me, and I thought, I'm fixing to knock this man out. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it was the devil. I don't know. But when I walked in, I saw this strange man playing the piano at my house. And as soon as I saw him, I started coming over there. I thought, Oh, well, I'm fixed to knock you right off that piano. Now, I'm not going to cuss. I may think about it, but I'm going to knock you out. So I thought this man was in my house. I didn't know who he was. And I walked over there, and he's like, no, 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 no. I said, yeah, I hope you're enjoying that. <laughs> and I said, what are you doing? I'm tuning your wife's piano. I thought, ah, I'm so glad I didn't knock your teeth out. <laughs> I never had a clue. I didn't know she called a piano tuner. I didn't see his truck. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see this strange guy. So while he's playing, he's just a happy little man tuning the piano. <laughs> and he says, listen to this piano. He said, this piano has the sweetest sound of all the pianos I have ever tuned. And man, he said, listen to that. He said, other pianos just don't sound like this piano. So sweet. Listen to that sound. And so he's playing. I said, well, what makes a sweet piano? What makes other pianos bitter? Maybe rejection, I don't know. But what makes pianos sweet? And he's playing. Da -da 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 -da. He said, well, <laughs> he said the best piano manufacturers compete for the wood from the trees that grow at the highest parts of the mountain." Because the higher they are on the mountain in the tree line, the harder it is for them to survive. So the wood grain grows stronger and finer. So the piano manufacturers and the guitar manufacturers, they actually compete for the trees, the spruce trees in the highest part of the mountain. I said, really? He said, yeah, there the wood grain grows finer and makes a sweeter sound. He said, and actually, they don't just try to get the trees at the highest part of the woodline. Uh, they try to actually get the trees on the north side of the mountain, on the highest part of the mountain, because the north side is where it's the coldest, and they have to fight the hardest to survive, so the wood grain grows finer on the north side.
He said, but the best piano manufacturers actually don't just get the, the trees on the highest part or the north side. They actually only use the north side of the tree. And that makes the sweetest sound. I thought, wow. In other words, no matter what you are going through in your life, with the Holy Spirit strengthening you, even though you're facing the most difficult times, did you know the Holy Spirit will work in your inner man, strengthen your inner man, and the wood grain in your spirit will go finer and finer for those who've just lived an easy life, but you've gone through a tough time, and that's the part of you that God will be able to use. And he'll not only just use the highest ones, he'll use the trees, come on now, from the north side, and the only part he'll use is the tree on the north side and the north side of the tree that's gone through the most adversity. So when you're going through adversity, come on now, you can count it all joy knowing this, the trying of your faith is working patience. So instead of letting a bitter sound come out of you because of your adversity, Oh, let's try that. I said, instead of a bitter and poor old me and why am I going through all this with the Holy Spirit in you, come on, you're going to make the sweetest music. In other words, God will be able to use you in ways he could not use anyone else. Oh, how's that going to happen? By the Holy Spirit. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. You say, what happens while you're laughing? There's strengthening in your inner man, and the wood grain is growing finer and finer and stronger. Smith Wigglesworth said, faith laughs at impossibilities. So sometimes when you're laughing, you say, what you laughing about? You say, I'm laughing at impossibilities. So I always tell people, pick three things that look impossible and laugh about it. I trust it's not anyone sitting close to you, but <laughs> when the devil said, your husband will never change, your wife will never change, your teenager and your children will never change, look at what they're doing. In the middle of that, you say, because of the blood of Jesus. I can laugh at impossibilities. Ha, 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 ha. Just practice for a minute. Pick out a few things that look impossible. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, you'll never be able to own your own home. Ha, 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 Oh, you'll never get over that disease. Ha, 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 That's incurable. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, your business will never prosper. Ha, oh, you'll never get a job. Ha, In other words, faith laughs at impossibility. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Don't take the devil so serious. Come on now. 
take the promises of God serious and laugh at things that look impossible. In other words, that laughter comes from the presence of the Lord. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. There is a laugh of faith, but there's also another kind of joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. Let me try that again. I said there is a laugh of faith. What does that mean? That means sometimes you're just like, ha, 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 ha. Come on, you don't have the singers in the band in the living room playing for you. You're just like, ha, 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 ha. In other words, a laugh of faith means you don't necessarily feel anything, but you're going to rejoice in the Lord, and you may laugh in faith. <laughs> I know people are saying, now, nah, is that necessary? Well, I, I'm sorry, but I'm just quoting the Bible. So, the laugh of faith. <laughs> a laugh of faith. Then there's a laugh. There's another kind of laugh called laughter, joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, when that kind of laughter hits, that's when people actually should not take videos of you. <laughs> I mean, they could actually use it against you. So you want to say, no videos, please, because in the laughter in the Holy Ghost, that it's joy, <laughs> Peter said this joy This joy is not coming from a comedian. This joy is coming from the Holy Ghost. This joy, he said, is full of glory. Ha, ha, ha. Let me get away from these people here. Now, this joy is the joy You know, actually they say if you're happy, it makes you better looking. Don't look at anybody right now, but say so you might consider cheering up. But this joy <laughs> This joy in the Holy Ghost now, C.S. Lewis, one of our favorite writers, C.S. Lewis said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Isn't that interesting? Joy is the serious business of heaven. All right, let me try this out over here. Joy is the serious business of heaven. That means whenever serious heaven business is being taken care of, that transaction happens in an atmosphere of joy. So while you're laughing, people say, what you're laughing about? You say, 
This is serious business. They say, but your problem is so serious. That's a very serious situation you're facing. You say, that's why I'm laughing like this. It is so serious that I'm going to have to laugh and have joy, the joy of the Lord, because in that atmosphere, there's a business transaction that takes place. Come on, and there's a delivery because your joy is a harvesting factor in the kingdom of God. Ha, 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 ha. So while you're laughing, people say, what you doing? You say, very serious business right now. Very serious. I'm facing some serious situations right now, and I'm just going to have to get full of joy right now. I may have to laugh. I may have to jump around the house a little bit. I always say, if you can't dance, you can scoot. Scoot around the house a little bit. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. We have a few drinkers on this side. <laughs> when you drink. From the presence of the Lord. By the way, this is not really something you just have to do at the church. Uh, you could actually be at your house and say, I think I'm going to drink some today. <laughs> you could actually become a Holy Ghostaholic. I mean, every day you say, I got to have something to drink. So, because of the blood of Jesus, you go right into the presence of God and drink and receive. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Serious business. That this is very serious business. <laughs> I'm facing some real difficult challenges right now. I'm really going to have to get real happy about this. This is so difficult. I don't think any man could ever do this. Ha 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 ha. That it's going to take God to deal with this. So I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to cast my cares on the Lord. Ha ha ha. And I'm going to rejoice. Now, I know some of y'all are too spiritual for this. I know y'all are too spiritual. The problem is you just can't get more spiritual than God. I said you can't get more spiritual than God. And the Bible says God sits in the heaven and laughs. You get in the presence of God and you hear God laughing. You get in his presence and he's laughing. Let's try that again. I said, you get in his presence and he's laughing. Come on, this is the guy that has fire from his loins down, fire from his loins up. This is the guy that has lightning coming out of his hand. This guy with angels all around the throne going, holy, holy, holy. Listen, if he's laughing, you laugh just out of respect. Even if you don't... Even if you don't even know what the joke is, you say the guy with lightning is laughing and I'm laughing with him. Ha ha ha. <laughs> he might just zap you if you don't get happy. <laughs> the 
can somebody say, I'm on medication. Now, <laughs> I have a preacher friend, large church, large ministry. He went to the doctor. The doctor said, really, we can cure everything that's wrong with you. He said, all you need is 10 good belly laughs every day. <laughs> 10 what? Good belly laughs. In other words, not just from here, I'm going to go, <laughs> In other words, a belly laugh. <laughs> Some of y'all are even trying that, you <laughs> But a belly laugh <laughs> is when <laughs> rivers come out of your belly. Come on. And you laugh from way on the inside. He said, and that'll cure everything's wrong with you right now. <laughs> Some of y'all are just wound too tight. I'm just telling you that the joy of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you say, you may. We got, we got the drinkers in that section if you want to go move over there. <laughs> ha ha ha. <laughs> Joy in the Holy Ghost. Ha ha ha. Now. I've got a friend that's very, very wealthy, very wealthy. Very, very wealthy. Very wealthy. It employs that work for him. He's got a, in his office, he's got a desk. And on the desk it says, you've got 10 seconds to get enthusiastic or get out of my office. <laughs> now, if you were one of his employees and you come in his office, He's tired of hearing the whining and complaining. He wants someone to come in his office and go, Well, great things are happening on the horizon right now, boss. We got some great new ideas that are exploding. Right? I thought, that's funny. I wonder if God has a sign on his desk. That when you get in his presence, he says, You got 10 seconds. To act like I'm God. <laughs> come on, you come in his presence. He said, you got 10 seconds to act like I'm God. I'm your provider. I'm your redeemer. I'm your healer. I'm your victory. I'm your ban banner. Everything you need, I am that for you. You got 10 seconds to act like I am your God and your redeemer. You got 10 seconds to get happy about that. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, in my dad's church, unusual church, my dad's church, we were raised in a little town in Texas with only 3,000 people in town. 3,000 people, small town, one traffic light. 
They actually put the welcome and y'all come back sign on the same pole. The yellow pages only had one page. And it's such a small town, they had a beauty contest and nobody won. So this was a small town. They said everybody is just way too ugly here. So <laughs> that's why I got my wife from Colorado. But anyway. <laughs> So in my daddy's church, they pastored there almost 50 years, and there's only 3,000 people in town. And when they first went there, they only had 10, 15 people in the church. And then the church grew to over 2,000 people. So they almost had everybody in town. I called my dad in the 80s. I said, how many did you have in church Sunday morning? He said, we had 2,400 people in church today, only 3,000 people in town. I said, you're doing pretty good, Dad. My dad was like president of the Rotary Club, you know, Chamber of Commerce, chaplain of the police department. He's involved in everything in that town, right? He probably did like 200 funerals because he's pastor of the whole town. That means whenever he had a funeral, I had to go to the funeral with him. I was just a little boy, and I cried at funerals. I didn't even know who the people were. I went, <laughs> it's so sad. My dad did so many funerals, people say stupid things, you know. They asked my dad, say, where you been? He said, well, we did so-and-so's funeral. And people say, oh, did he die? My dad say, well, I sure hope he did because we buried him. <laughs> He's going to be real happy when he wakes, unhappy when he wakes up if he wasn't dead. So people said some real funny things. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Did he die? Yeah, he died. So we did the funeral. And when you're a preacher's kid, you know, people die at real unusual times. Like you're on vacation, you've got to come back home for people's funeral and stuff like that. You know, it's just so hard to get people to die when you really need them to. <laughs> so could you hold that about two weeks? <laughs> Years ago, they said the doctors in, the, in, in England went on strike for like 30 days, and the death rate went down while they were on strike. They couldn't figure that out. Like, people refused to die if their doctor was not there. They said, I ain't dying now. Wait till he comes back and gets on the job. <laughs> so I go to all these funerals, you know, and you're you know, preacher's kid in a little town here. My dad's church is growing. Well, I didn't know that when they first started the church that my dad had a heart attack. My mama had a nervous breakdown. A nervous breakdown. I mean, they said for two years she stayed in the back bedroom for two years with torment and fear in the back bedroom for two years. She almost died because she refused to eat. Well, we didn't know. Mama told us many years later that she had been sexually molested by someone in the family. And even though she was saved, that just constantly tormented her and harassed her. So even as a pastor's wife, she lived in depression. My dad had a heart attack. Everything's going wrong. Didn't have no money. And I was only one year old, and I was playing outside with my brother, and I got my right thumb cut off. So I come in the house. Daddy's sick. Mama. I say, look, Mama, no thumb. <laughs> I was only one year old. And I always wanted to be somebody, but I went in there and I said, look, Mom, no thumb. 
They said my mama passed out. You know, I'm just a little kid walking in. I ain't got no power. Well, you know, all that means now is I can only hitchhike one way. You know, if I got to hitchhike that away, you know, people won't pick you up that away. So then, if you don't have no thumb, right, on your handshaking hand, People cannot handle it. They got to look when you shake hands with them. So you're shaking hands with them, they're going, how are you doing? And if you're not careful, you could actually miss their whole hand. Go right to their armpit. I mean, that's very embarrassing because you don't have nothing to catch it when it goes by, see? So. Now I got eight grandkids, so when I go home to my, my, my son's the pastor of our church now, so when I go home, he's the pastor. After church, my grandkids come up to me and they say, Poppy, I brought my friend. Show him your thumb. And I say, I'm trying to be dignified here. Leave me alone for a minute. I'm talking to the adult. Poppy, pull him up. Poppy. Show them your thumb. They don't believe that you don't have no thumb. Show them your thumb, Poppy. Come on, Poppy. Show them your thumb. I said, what is this, a circus or something here? So they gather their little friends, you know, and they come around. They say, look, my Poppy ain't got no thumb. Look. And so I show them, and they go, little kids are like, Then they say, what happened to your thumb? Well, if they're little kids, I say, I was sucking my thumb, and it went right down my throat. There you go. If they're bigger kids, I say, uh, I was picking my nose, and a booger bit it off. I said, is that been there for me? So they say, what happened to your thumb? <laughs> Actually, I was praying for a guy one time, you know, and he got healed, and I was praying for him with my hand with no thumb. And the guy told me, he said, that's amazing. God could use you, and you're missing your thumb. I said, well, you're missing your brain. Let him use you. I'm telling you, God can use people. So in the middle of that, my dad's sick. My mama had a nervous breakdown, didn't have no money. I come in the house, look, Mom, no thumb, right? In the middle of all that, somebody gave my dad and mom a book on the authority of the believer. When they got that book, then they found out that the Word of God has the power when you speak it and lift your voice, and when you praise God and lift your voice and magnify the Lord, that tremendous power is available. So my dad got my mama to start speaking the word and praising God. And my mama's praising God. Thank you, Jesus. Speaking the word that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm strong mentally. I'm strong physically. I'm strong spiritually. And my mama would speak the word constantly. Psalm 27 was her favorite. Wow. She was delivered, came out of there, and the church went from 20 people, 50 years, over 2,000 people. But there were times when the Holy Spirit would move in that church. And when the Holy Spirit would move, my dad would always just take a step back 
and make room for the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit would start moving, then people would start praising. People would start to rejoice. My mama, she would praise real loud. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And when I heard her voice, I always knew this could be a wild service. <laughs> then she would shout and go, woo, and take off running around the church. Well, when I was younger, I thought that's pretty cute. But when I got older, I thought that is very uncool. So they used to tell me, bring my friends to church. And I said, I ain't bringing none of my friends to church. You crazy? People talking in tongues in here. My mama running around the church and stuff. So one Sunday, a friend of mine actually came to church accidentally. I didn't invite him. I don't know how he came. I saw him in church. And when I saw him immediately, I began to pray. I said, Lord, please, no tongues. We don't want no tongues. None of that talking in tongues, please. And please don't let my mama run around the church. Well, you know, they start praising the Lord. The lady right behind me and my friend, she gives a message in other tongues real loud. Yeah, 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 real loud. <laughs> my friend got all shook up. I said, settle down. You'll survive this. I'll explain it to you later. He said, is this Latin or something? I said, no, it ain't Latin. So I said, that's in tongues. And this lady who gave the message in tongues, her name was Sister Evans. And she was an older woman in the church, so she had false teeth. So when she would speak in other tongues, you could hear her teeth clicking and clacking together. Like, you could clack, get them out, how, 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 she's speaking in tongues. So if you didn't have the gift of interpretation, if you knew Morse code, you could kind of figure out what the Holy Ghost was trying to say. So she gives a message in tongues. Then another person interprets the tongues. Then I hear my mama go, hallelujah, Woo! thank you, Jesus. And she took off running around the church. And my friend said, who is that woman? I said, I have no idea who this woman is. She takes off running going, thank you, Jesus. And she's running. Listen now. But when she would run, my daddy would have people in the church come up to him afterwards because it's a big church. So you got the president of the bank coming and you got local community leaders and they would say, why does your wife run around the church? My daddy would say, go ask her if you can catch her. But my mama would be running. Because if you ask her, you would find out that the Lord had delivered her from a horrible pit of darkness and confusion and depression. Come on. And the president of the bank couldn't do that. Money couldn't do that. Education couldn't do that. But Jesus did that. So she would rejoice and take off running. And she'd run. But that's not the end of it. If that was the end of it, it would not be so bad. She would run. Then if she felt like you needed to run, you had to put your head down because if she started looking at you, like she thought you were struggling with something, you know, she'd grab, she'd take off running. So when she had run, then there was a man in the church by the name of Sidney Smith. 
And Sidney Smith, a big, strong guy, had cuts on his face and stuff, and he had been the meanest man in the whole county, whooped everybody in the whole county. Him and his brother ran a cafe bar, and they had gotten saved and became the best soul winners in my dad's church. Best soul winners. I mean, getting people saved all the time, bringing people to church. And Sidney Smith, I mean, he'd come out of a, all kinds of alcoholism and all kinds of stuff. And when Mama would run, Sidney, you could see him sitting there, and the Holy Spirit would come on him. And he, you could see him, he'd like, <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's about to explode. And Sidney, <laughs> I feel sorry for people who've never been in a Holy Ghost service. I mean, and Sidney would start to stomp like a wild Indian. And he's like, whoo, whoo, whoo. And you did not dare laugh at him. Now, you might want to laugh with him, but not at him. And so he's like this, whoo, whoo, whoo. And mama's running. And then there's a woman in the church named Sister Houston. And she was the richest woman in town. She got diamonds everywhere, you know, diamonds everywhere, fancy clothes, fanciest car in the parking lot. Come on now. And when she come to church, when she would get filled with the Holy Spirit, she would laugh. So Mama's running and Sydney's stomping and dancing. And Sister Houston, she would go, <laughs> and you could hear her in the back. <laughs> and she would just start laughing. <laughs> and she would laugh until she was just full of the Holy Ghost. And then she would stagger around the church. <laughs> and then she would fall out on the floor. So mama's running, Sydney's stomping, and Sister Houston's drunk in the Holy Ghost. Now, my granny, who lived to be 96 years old, they said she would have made 100 if she hadn't eaten a piece of pecan pie every day. Anyway, my granny, <laughs> that's a joke. Anyway, my granny would get lost in the Spirit. So when she would get lost in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, she'd kind of have her eyes shut, silly grin on her face, and she'd go. <laughs> so the ushers just can't figure out which way Granny's going to fall. So you can't let Granny break nothing, so they're like. <laughs> so Granny's staggering around, and <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but something came from heaven like a wave of the glory of God and came across that whole congregation. Come on. And when that glory hit that congregation, then that did not happen every Sunday. You just could never tell when it was going to happen. And while it was happening, my daddy would explain it to the visitors. Here's the way he would explain it to the visitors. Now, if you don't ever have to explain stuff to visitors, you do not have a Holy Spirit church. My daddy would explain it to the visitors, and my daddy would say, Now, some of you think this is not necessary, and it is not necessary unless it's necessary. 
So while they're trying to figure that out, they're going. Because <laughs> there's always somebody that thinks they know what's necessary and what is not necessary. But if God said you'll have to count it all joy when you're having adversity, it must be necessary. <laughs> if God said you have to shout while the walls are still standing, it must be necessary for you to shout. If God said that you need to rejoice in the Lord, it must be necessary for you to rejoice. In that atmosphere, there's some serious business that is taking place. In the presence of God. Ha, 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 ha. You say, what in the world is going on while they're laughing and rejoicing? Everybody say, serious business. In the middle of that serious business, one man came into my dad's church in a little town of 3,000 people, a man with blue jeans and cowboy boots and a snap shirt, and gave my dad $1.2 million. He went, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we laughing all the way to the bank. Ha, 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 ha. Come on. The man came back a few months later and gave him another million dollars. Ha, ha, ha. In other words, the Holy Spirit can do more in five minutes than you can do in five years if you would be filled with the Holy Ghost and yield to the Holy Ghost. There's some serious business that is happening. Here's the way the Lord explained it to me. He said, while you're rejoicing and praising here, something is happening back at the ranch. Y'all like cowboy shows? There's always something happening back at the ranch. They'll show you in just a minute. Something's happening back at the ranch. While you're rejoicing here, something is happening in your future. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. While you're yielding to the Holy Spirit here, the Holy Spirit is able to reach out in things beyond your ability. Come on now. And make the crooked things straight and the darkness light before you. While you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, while you're praising, while you're laughing, while you're rejoicing. Ha uh ha. -huh. The Lord said to me, if you only knew what happens in the Spirit when you rejoice, you would rejoice every day. Let's try that again. If you only knew what happens in the Spirit when you rejoice, you would rejoice every day. Let's try that one more time. If you only knew what happens in the Spirit when you rejoice, If you only knew what happens in the Spirit when you rejoice, you would rejoice every day. I don't care if you feel like it or not, 
come on, you'd say, there's going to be a sweet sound going to come out of this situation that I'm dealing with right now. There's going to be some sweet music coming out of what I'm facing right now. There's not going to be no sad song, no country western music coming out of this. I'm going to laugh. Ha, ha, ha. The Lord turned my captivity. Ha, ha, ha. Stand on your feet and laugh a few minutes. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Open your mouth wide and let's just drink. Lord, we thank you. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Come on, open your mouth wide. Lord, we thank you. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. You fill our mouth with laughter. Ha, ha, ha. Ha 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 the Lord turned our captivity. Ha, 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 ha. Our mouth is filled with laughter. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, In your presence. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 is fullness of joy. I will rejoice. Ha, ha, ha. There is a harvest of blessing that is coming in. I will rejoice. I will make a joyful noise. I will praise. I will laugh. Come on, there's joy in the Holy Ghost. Ha, 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 ha. Woo. Ha 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 People say that looks silly. You say, nope, this is serious business. Ha ha ha. Laugh at impossibility. Come on, whatever you're facing that looks, wow, how could that ever happen? Go ha, ha, ha. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Ha, ha, just practice a few minutes. Go ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ha. Ha, 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 ha. 
My little endorphins are going all over. Ha, ha, ha. Healthy. Come on, your health is springing for speedily. Ha, 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 ha. The Lord said this to me. He said, your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation. Ha, ha, ha. If you're expecting some things that you know, ha, 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 your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation, ha, 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 then I just rejoice, I praise the Lord, I lift my voice, ha, 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 woo, glory to God, I'm expecting, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Everybody say, I got joy in the Holy Ghost. Comes from the Lord of hosts. Ha, 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 ha. Y'all got a good song that'll go with this? Ha, 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 ha. Do you have a happy song that'll go with this? Ha, 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 ha. Do you have a happy song that'll go with this? If you don't, write one right now. <laughs> ha, ha. Ha, ha. How would you act if you already had the thing you're believing for? Oh, ha, ha, ha. Boy, I just rejoice, ha ha, I praise, ha ha, I rejoice and magnify the Lord, ha ha ha, woo, joy, ha ha ha, joy, that joy is a harvesting factor, ha ha ha. Ha, 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 ha. Woo! There is a shout of joy. There's a praise of joy. There's a laugh of joy. There's a run of joy. There's a dance of joy. There's an expectation in your celebration that God is on your side. You just go, woo! Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Go ahead and give the Lord a shout. Praise the Lord. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at churchatrama.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.